0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. all engines running commit
1: Off. hello everyone and welcome to SWAT radio here from Jacksonville Florida I'm David Gray along with a familiar voice who has been absent for a while Brad Sykes and we are very happy to be with you we are live today uh Due to Doug being out of town, Doug's got a group traveling in Israel this week. And um, we've got some other things going on. So there's been uh, replays on the other days this week. But Brad and I are here live today on SWAT Radio. And, brother, it is good to have you back in the studio and it sounds like you're glad to be home give us us an update
2: i can't even tell you yeah i thought you were going to break in with a welcome back cotter yes i wanted to i wanted to Uh, dating myself (laughs) (laughs) well I, i sent you a text about 15 minutes ago i said i'm in studio and thank goodness you came down and you know we've had 10 12 minutes just to kind of hang out and and talk and, uh, you know, I know it won't take us but just a second to get back into the rhythm. Uh, I wanted you to kind of get things started here today yeah. because I am definitely out of step.
1: Well, But just to give everybody a, a, a quick summary, and Brad, I'll let you then give an update, but Brad has uh, been gone for the, the better part of five weeks, and he is normally on most days of the week with Doug, or and, and I've been joining him on Fridays, but uh brad's grandson graham and many of you have been praying for graham and for brad's family has undergone some significant um surgery on his heart and and other uh areas and um it's been a haul and and brad has been that was all being done down in austin texas and brad and his family have been down there and again wound up being there for about five weeks but graham has through a lot of dangers toils and snares already come and god has uh blessed them and, and and brought Graham through that. And, Brad, I'll let you uh, take it from there and kind of fill everybody in.
2: Yeah, and I, I'll do my best uh, since I, even though I've got grandparents, my grand, both my grandfathers were physicians. You know, when somebody asks me questions about what Graham has been going through, you know, it's hard to explain. I'm, I'll, I'll try and find it while I'm here, give a little more medical background to his uh, condition. <clears throat> I'll go back now. Uh, because graham was born on december 23rd i think that's right i'll have to go back and look at that too you know when you become a grandparent i don't know if your memory just suddenly I think fades. it's when you just reach a certain age maybe that's, yeah that's uh, what it is with me i need something to blame it on but uh we um graham came home so graham was born like i said around christmas time last year and uh this is my son's first child and uh as many of you know, I have seven more grandkids, so this is number eight. And uh, Graham was born healthy, seemed to be just doing well, uh, came home. His mother is a, uh, a PA, and uh, probably about day 15 or 16, as she was feeding him, she noticed that his, his chest was compressing, mm. which, being a PA, she noticed that and was like, yeah, that doesn't look right. And, uh, in fact, that was a Saturday morning, I believe, and she immediately called her, her physician, or the uh, OB, I think the OB, and uh, or no, the pediat- pediatrician. Um, just so happened that the, the doctor, the pediatrician, was actually in the office that day. And she said, well, that sounds odd. Why don't you just come on in? I'm in the office, which is unusual. You know, instead of going to the ER, right. she went straight to the office and uh, within about two minutes of the pediatrician seeing Graham, she immediately said, I need you to go straight to Wolfson. Um, I'll call ahead and they'll get you in. And uh, so all that kind of began this rather challenging season for not, not only my son and his wife, for Graham, you know, for all extended family. Sure. And I think whenever any of us are close you know, related, or even just a friend who's going through something challenging. It's a little scary. You know, there's a lot of fear that grips you. And so we didn't really get an update for for a while, but ultimately it was, uh, Graham was diagnosed, and again, I'll give you the medical terms later. Um, I mean, multiple physicians came in, cardiologists came in to look at Graham, run a bunch of tests on him. And as it turned out, Graham's heart... Uh, interestingly enough his major arteries are on the wrong side so they were you know just when as his heart was being formed as God was knitting him together mm. you know, listen we know God doesn't make mistakes right. uh, this was God's design he, he made those arteries on the wrong on what we would consider the wrong side of the heart and as it turns out you have you have one artery that your pulmonary artery which makes sense would go to the lungs your whatever the, the other artery goes to your body it pumps blood to the right, body right well those were backwards so yeah. his pulmonary artery is pumping blood to his body the other artery is pumping blood to his lungs well your your body requires a lot more blood than your lungs and so what ended up happening is he is getting too much blood to the lungs he's suffocating you know that's the best way yeah. they could describe it yeah and uh in addition to that, he had about four other issues with his heart, um, and in heart surgeries within babies is not uncommon. I'm sure there are people listening who've had you know children or grandchildren who've undergone heart surgery, and so I don't think that you know tipped us off quite like just understanding what was required of what they call a a double switch surgery. You can. You can Google it and look at it. It's pretty amazing. Um, So anyway, when so at at about eighteen days old, it was determined Graham needed to have open. He needed to have this double switch surgery. There's I don't know three or four, maybe five doctors within the U.S. that will even do this particular surgery. They interviewed two or three of them, and as it turned out, um, the what the guy who's considered the one who's done the most of them. Is a guy by the name of Dr. Charles Frazier in Austin at Dell Children's Hospital. He, interestingly enough, used to be at Texas Children's in Houston, where I'm from, and uh, we interviewed. They interviewed a doctor there who was trained under Dr. Frazier mm-hmm. at Texas Children. He had gone to Dell a few years back to start this, you know, cardiac unit for, you know, for children pediatric cardiology unit in Austin. So anyway. They had interviewed Dr. Frazier, interviewed Dr. Heinle, I think, in Houston, and then one other doctor, I think in uh, Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. And it just kind of made sense. They had a piece about going to Austin through other people that we had some connections to who knew Dr. Frazier well. And so it was determined they're going to go to Austin. Now, this is, keep in mind, this is 10 months ago. Uh, They fly Graham out there, you know, on one of these medevac flights. And uh, the first surgery they did on Graham, he was a month old, and they put what he did is he went and he put a pulmonary band around the that pulmonary artery. Um. to restrict blood flow to the body. Exactly. It sounds like yeah. Exactly. Wow. And to allow the other artery to to work harder, that side of the heart I guess to, to work harder. Well, the surgery, you know, we were told it was gonna be a six, eight hour surgery. Uh, it was about two hours and we got a text said he's out of surgery everything went great and uh you know you look at the pictures i now go back and look at the pictures when he was a month old and you realize you know the 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 heart of a one month old is not a whole lot bigger than a walnut right Right. and you think this guy is able to work on that kind (laughs) of heart? it really is and uh and
1: that and like we said that the that graham and and all babies who undergo that can withstand it
2: it's it's amazing yeah. it, it really is so they put that band on the artery, on the pulmonary artery came out of you know, he was uh intubated uh, or extubated within uh, 24 hours he was released from the hospital after 5 days we stayed in austin another week had some follow up appointments there and he got the clear to go home so mm-hmm. we came home and again this was 10 months ago with the understanding that in the very near future, be it, you know, eight months to possibly a year and a half, he would need to come back to Austin for this double switch surgery. It was really kinda of determined on, you know, basically the the Graham's follow up meetings and appointments as to how that heart's working. And uh anyway, so probably about two months ago we got word that doctor Frazier after looking at his reports, really felt like now's the time. You know, let's schedule him to come back to Austin. So we were kind of hoping to get a little bit further. But as it turned out, uh, we went to Austin. And, uh, in fact, we went to Austin. I was look at my calendar, trying to remember. We left on the 19th of October to go have this surgery that was supposed to take place, um, I think, on the – I can't remember. I think it was the – I'm looking at my calendar. So, yeah, the, it was October 19th we left. He was going to have the surgery on the 26th or 27th. And I know we're going to take a break. I'll come back. I'll see if I can find kind of s- some of the medical terminology. Yeah. But anyway, we, we got out there. We got into Austin on the 22nd of October, and we got home day before yesterday. So, anyway, it's, it's been an interesting journey. And I know you're
1: going to, you're going to talk a little more about it, but he's doing well. He is doing well. Yeah. Praise that's, God. That's great news. And yeah. I know a lot of folks that are listening are, 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 of course, SWAT guys and families and, and just folks who listen to the program, um, have heard, you know, fairly regular updates and uh, about us talking about Graham. And I know folks have been praying and, and this is a, a, a real blessing for you guys and an answer to prayer and, uh, I know you'll again. You'll talk about it some more, but um, so happy that he's that he's doing well. And 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 I know you'll again. You'll mention that He had some other challenges after the surgery, and and, and so did you physically. But uh, we are coming up on our first break here on SWAT Radio. Uh, David Gray and Brad Sykes with you. I want to remind you also to be praying for Doug McCary, uh, who is normally here of His Light Ministries. Doug is leading a group on a pilgrimage this week to Israel and to uh, lots of different parts of the country. And they uh, should be back on Monday. Doug should be back in studio on Tuesday. Come on back after the break on SWAT radio.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week,
1: Sykes, very happy to be with you on this Wednesday, last day of November, November thirtieth edition of the SWAT radio program. Brad, as you can see, we're into the Christmas (laughs) lead-in music. Man, that was so good. Always a sign of the season. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Of course, that that song, it's a little different in the show, but of course that reminds us of our childhood show, The Little Drummer Boy. There (laughs) were certain certain Christmas shows that in the days of pre-cable Uh, like being in the wilderness, right? Days of pre-cable, watching Rudolph and Frosty and the Little Drummer Boy. Those were must – that was must-see TV. Yes. If I missed those shows, man, it was the end of the world.
2: Isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, it's uh, – we'll get back on task here in a minute, but I was thinking about that the other day because, obviously, with all the kids that I've got, little little rugrats running around the house, you know, in fact, had uh, had my – let's see, I have a – a 1-year-old that was over at the house along with two twin girls that are are newborns, you know, in the last 8 weeks. Anyway, they were at the house today and I was thinking I was playing some Christmas music and I was I didn't turn on the television, which we try to not do that yeah, a lot. Yeah. But I was thinking I'd love to like tee up a little Rudolph, little drummer boy. I mean, you remember this time of the season, man, you were you, you were looking at the TV guy. You remember the, the old the tea, TV of guy? Course. Of and course. And you were looking Rudolph. Where's Rudolph? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, there it is. So last night so I have YouTube TV which is a How streaming service yep, yep. last night I'm looking through the guide and I see that Rudolph's on So I go I go well I gotta watch a few minutes of Rudolph <laughs> hopefully see you some of Yukon Cornelius, my favorite character <laughs> and I put it on and I get a little notice that says this program not available to stream from the internet. So it's got to be because it will, when it was made. It's the only explanation oh, wow. I can think of. Wow. The nature of the show. Yeah. It wasn't, I couldn't get it. That's now, crazy. Now, I can go watch Rudolph online probably. <laughs> well, maybe I can't after <laughs> last night. But right. I went, it's not available.
2: That's right. I thought oh, if this
1: was nice. true when I was 10 years old or 8 years old, I would have been in,
2: or or 36, you know. Oh, my <laughs> I would have
1: been in trouble. I would have uh <clears throat> been very unhappy but well
2: uh, uh, we're we're so instant gratification it's like you know we had to wait a month oh. before we could watch rudolph absolutely santa year. claus is coming to town yeah, or yeah,
1: whatever it, it came on once a year of course that's part of what made it special and now you know things like you said are just at everybody's fingertips so <laughs> it's it's anyway amazing. we digress yeah. all
2: because the little drummer boy was the lead in music well i i am so glad to hear some christmas music absolutely i uh, love it that I'd probably play it for two months. You know, some of our listeners are probably already tired of it, but
1: <laughs> well, the lights are up in most places, and I know you're glad to be home. So, but finish uh, finish with your uh, your update, or, well, let or me, take as much time as in, you want. In I fact, I was able finish.
2: to kind of find the um, the diagnosis, I guess, um, and this was a text message that I actually sent to um, my brother-in-law, who again, I'll talk a little bit further about how just. How God worked through this all. But um, he had arranged a private plane for Graham and Ben and Rachel to fly home on, and that was yesterday. So they flew home. Or actually, I take that back. They flew home on Monday. And Tim, my brother-in-law, who's been a guest on our program, right, I was just said, hey, that. send me the kind of the details of what's what's up with Graham, what's wrong with Graham. And then I want to send it to the guys who own this this jet. And so anyway, this is what this is what it is. Graham was born with congenitally corrected transposition of the great arteries atrial septal defect so these are other things that are wrong with him atrial septal defect, ventricular septal defect and epstein anomaly, which means displaced tricuspid valve. he had a pulmonary artery band placed when he was one month old to prepare and strengthen his anatomical right ventricle to eventually do the work of the left ventricle pumping blood out to the entire body at 10 months old he underwent the very rare double switch procedure only about five programs in the country performed this complex procedure grams took about 12 hours while on cardiopulmonary bypass support dr fraser performed the double switch sinning procedure and arterial switch now for those listening, you want to look up something fascinating, just look up SENNING, S-E-N-N-I-N-G, procedure. <clears throat> um, anyway, Fraser performed the double switch and VSD closure. Dr. Fraser switched the great arteries, moved the coronary vessels, created a new baffle of conduit of how blood enters his heart, and closed the hole between the ventricles. He basically restructured how all the blood enters and leaves his heart. Without intervention, his heart would have only been able to function as it was for about six months before causing lung failure. The more we can protect him from uh, – anyway, that's basically what what was written that we sent to the pilots and the people who own the plane. Unbelievable. But all, So I'll go back. Now, 10 months ago, uh, came home, and Graham has been great. I mean, he just recovered great. I mean, obviously, he has a scar, you know, from his – just below his – you know, his uh, trachea there all the way down to his, about to his mid-abdomen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is healed just beautifully. So we go back. We, again, got to Austin on like the 22nd. He's scheduled to have the surgery. He had a couple of things he needed he had to do, an uh, echo and some other things before surgery. S- surgery was scheduled for the Thursday, I think the 25th or somewhere around there, 24th, 25th. As it turned out, um, they did a procedure in the office there when they did the echo noticed something and he was able to do a, a, um, what do you call the, um, where they come up through uh-huh. the leg or, yeah. was, um, yeah. um, anyway, they, a catheter while doing the catheter, he noticed something else, kind of an extra little vessel coming off and he was able to get rid of that. It's, it's crazy. Some of the stuff they do anyway, I don't know if it was because of that. He decided, I want to, I want to push the surgery till Monday, which was October 31st, and uh, so he just said, "I just feel like I want to have a fresh team. It's going to be a long. It's, it's we were told 10 to 18 hours for this double switch surgery. As that text I just read was about 12 hours. Anyway, he uh, he goes in for the surgery on Monday. They prep him. We're down in the waiting room getting updates. They have a special waiting room for family that come in and just regularly, you know, about updates every hour and a half or so. And uh, so they came in, said surgery has begun. Um, And uh, anyway, about two hours later, they come back in and say, we had to stop the surgery. It's not what you want to hear. There was a, a patient in the next room over who had arrested so Dr. Frazier stopped the surgery, went in, literally saved the life of that child, but was in there for a pretty good while. So by the time he came back, now they had already started to open Graham up, and uh, I don't think they'd cracked the sternum yet, but nonetheless, surgery, sure. surgery had begun. And uh, he came back in, he said, we need to put this off till tomorrow. And so they ended the surgery right there and left Graham for the night and then started back the surgery the next morning
1: incredible that they can do that oh, it
2: is. And just, but you know what it does to you, sure. you know, just as a I can't imagine Ben and Rachel, I mean, we were there with them, so they held it together beautifully. Uh, surgery went, went on Tuesday and we were there. It was great. Hadn't, as you probably know, I have family, obviously in Texas, all my family's in Texas. Uh, my sister, uh, came up from Houston. My, uh, brother who lives in Austin and he and his wife were there. So anyway, we just had, had a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of Ben's cousins were yeah. there. And uh anyway, so surgery went just perfect. <laughs> when they in like fact one of the you know just some of the texts that we were getting that day um when the surgery was over uh I mean and they took him off that bypass, he just immediately kicked back in. Mm-hmm. Heart started working great and uh, we had the privilege of meeting Doctor Frazier about three or four days later, and uh, what a what an unbelievable thing, you know, just to get yeah. to meet him. Sure, tell him thank you. And uh, as I wrote something not too long ago, I said, you know, uh, you know, so often we don't. Here we are coming out of Thanksgiving. So often we miss giving thanks for sometimes things we don't even think about. And as I wrote, is I'm, I'm thankful. That Doctor Frazier was a good steward of his education, his experience, his training, and uh, just the wisdom that he has and his ability. And, and listen, that's not to elevate him. There are many of us and who have been gifted with certain things that you know we should be thankful for. Yep. But yep. Uh, anyway, we had a few other setbacks while we were there. As it turned out, Graham uh, ended up getting RSV while he was in the ho- in recovery. Then he got pneumonia, <clears throat> which those are never good things when no. you've just come out of heart surgery, no. especially something like that. Um, he finally was released, came home, and as we – and I say came home, we came back to the house that we were staying in, and uh, we were prepared to celebrate Thanksgiving. We just decided, hey – You know, we're going to stay here an extra week for some follow-up appointments. Well, let's just go ahead and stay a couple more days, and we'll go ahead and celebrate Thanksgiving. Our plan was to come home Friday after Thanksgiving. Well, the the day before Thanksgiving, uh, Graham has running about 103 fever at the house we're in. They take him down to the ER. Fortunately, the hospital's a mile and a half down the street, and uh, darn if he doesn't have COVID. So anyway, we had a few challenges and, uh, he was in for about two days. Uh, of course they were going to recommend, was it, uh, not Rindisavir or whatever. And fortunately Ben and Rachel said, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, Graham, uh, let, let Graham go and came home and we ended up selling, I think he came home on Friday after Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and then we, uh. We went in and celebrated Thanksgiving on Saturday, and uh, it was great. It well, was great. listen,
1: that's a poor excuse for not getting home on time when you said you were going to, and screwing <laughs> up the SWAT radio <laughs> schedule here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think uh, you get a pass listen, for uh, I, I what you Nothing just, less. I think yeah. you get about. Oh, you know, I'm kidding. You get a pass uh. for uh, all of that. But what a what an ordeal! But um, well, but I'm, again, to, to what you were saying before the before we came on the air. I mean, you, w- when you're going through it, you know God is working and you trust that he is, but you can't necessarily quite see it when you're in the midst of it. But then stepping away from it and looking back on it, I'm sure you're starting to
2: reflect on it. Oh that. my word. I mean, it's just, and, and just to kind of recap, even what I said after his first surgery, I'm so thankful for God's word. I'm thankful for prayer and I'm thankful for the church because the support over the last five weeks has been incredible. Well, and that's the,
1: that's the church functioning as it was meant to, one of the ways it was meant to function. So, Anyway, we are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news on SWAT radio. Uh, we're going to get into a few, maybe some application questions as to some of the teaching Doug's been doing in Acts here over the last several weeks. So stick around after the news and come on back on SWAT radio.
0: Tuesday is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we build a snowman and pretend that he is parson brown. So Mr. Honey and Mary will say no man. Do, 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 Welcome do, do,
1: back to Swarm Radio up the lead-in Man, music we are, there that's a jazzy we version bopping of, uh, in here aren't we? yeah yeah Doug a couple times when I was with Doug while you were gone he was he was getting charismatic over here <laughs> in, in, in his seat he was bebopping all over the place uh, but, uh, I love it anyway welcome back to SWAT radio A belated happy Thanksgiving and early Merry Christmas we're glad you're with us Brad Sykes and David Gray in the studio today this will be the only live program this week uh doug will have replays on that i forget uh, i should have had it in front of me i'll mention that in the last segment um what the uh, replays will be tomorrow and friday and then i think you and i will be in on monday i guess we still need to talk about that and doug will be back from israel on tuesday here on swat radio if you're just joining us or haven't been with us for a while swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth And uh, the radio program is born out of uh, SWAT Bible studies here that that Doug has led uh, over the years at various locations in the Jacksonville area. So we're glad you're with us. We're on typically live every day from 3 to 4. We welcome any calls uh, to make questions, uh, ask questions, or make comments on what we've been talking about. You can call us at 844-777-7928. If you have a question or comment, Brad, I don't. you probably didn't hear this. Uh, I'll have to tell you the full story, and the listeners have heard it a little bit. But over the past few weeks, we got a couple of, uh, let's say, uh, the way you and I would put it when we were kids, crank phone calls uh, from none other than one Doug McCary. Oh, good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, crank is probably the wrong calling word. Calling from but, Israel? No, no. <clears> throat> calling throat> oh. from his various locations I, I while uh, one day Craig Henderson and I were here, Love one it. day Taylor and I <laughs> were here. And Doug called, uh, posing as a listener – well, he was listening – with um, some particularly tough questions oh. on the topics uh, that we were talking about to – and, and of course, he had a tremendous laugh at my expense um, <laughs> on these questions. He even changed his voice. Did, did oh, you was, even know it? I not mean, at first. Okay. No, But he got me twice. I told him this was not in the terms of my contract to uh, – have to deal with his harassing phone calls. No, he, he's he's doing it to be funny, but he's also doing it to illustrate a point that we may get questions opposing what, what the Bible says. One of his Amen. questions was, hey, my brother-in-law says Jesus isn't perfect. Now, what do I say to him? <laughs> the other one was when we were talking about God strengthens our walk with him by being with us or allowing you know attacks to come on yeah. us. And Doug's question <laughs> was, I heard you say... God attacks us to strengthen our walk with Him, and I we had to, and I gave you know a response to that He says, "Okay, well, I'm glad to hear you say that." And then I realized it was Him, and I I was discombobulated for the rest of the program. So,
2: well, anyway, yeah, you, you, you should always be prepared, right? Yes, uh, be, always be prepared. be prepared in season, out of season. <laughs> um, yeah, to accurately divide the truth, um, you know. And I I ended that last segment, I kind of quickly ran through that, but. You know, when we were in Austin ten months ago for the Graham's first surgery, um, I got a couple of I got, I got a call from a guy here in town. There's a ministry, and they asked if I would come and share with the this group. And it, to be honest, David, it, as you probably know, you get busy with things like that, and you you really can't even. It's hard to plan. It's it's hard to go okay, yes, I'm going to be home on this date and I'll speak at this or whatever. Yeah. And I was trying to be kind, and I, I pretty much told him, let me, you know, the the typical, let me pray about that. <laughs> <clears throat> I did pray about that, by the way. Uh, but my, it was my wife's uh, encouragement, again, 10 months ago, as we're sitting in Austin to say, I think you ought to do that. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons I believe God allows things to happen in our life is so that they transform us they mm-hmm. conform us into the image of Christ Romans 8:29 right we love 8:28 sometimes we don't like 29 because the 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 thing is god is allowing all things to work together god is you know we know that for for, for our good and his glory but that doesn't usually come about by easy things it mm-hmm. comes about by hard things and so uh, at the encouragement of my wife, I, I responded back to this person and said, yeah, I'll be glad to come. But then, it, okay, what am I going to talk about? I mean, I could share what I just shared here in the first segment or two, um, which I did. But the reality is, what is God doing in the midst of that? And so I had the opportunity to share not only what God was doing in my life, uh, but even how he was how I was seeing God work in my son's life and in my... Uh, mm. Daughter in law's life, and in my wife, and, and and there were three things that I really touched on, and the importance of number one, knowing God's word. You know, we talk about it here on SWAT routinely. The, the value and the wealth and the depth of the knowledge of the Word of God is so important. So many people don't really know the Word of God. They're they're uh, what I would call theologically obese. Mm. They are spoon fed believers. They they don't know, and it's not just about quoting a verse. It's as we've talked about many times. It doesn't matter how many the how many times you've been through the Bible. What matters is how many times the Bible's been through you. Take the Word of God and begin to apply that in your life. And so that was that was first one of the things that I just was like, when you're going through situations like that, to be able to recall Scripture to your mind promises that god makes in his word it wasn't a promise that god was going to heal graham those weren't those aren't in there (laughs) i know there's a lot of people who think they are they're taking them out of context we are healed for those who are children of god we are healed eternally healed but listen the fact of the matter is we're going to deal with just the, the fallen sin you know fallen world We're going to have heart disease and things like that. So that was number one. Number two was prayer, building a discipline of prayer. I was so thankful the times just either my wife and I would just sit there and hold hands spur of the moment. We'd get a text. Hey, you know, whatever, all those things that happen in life is build a discipline of praying continuously uh, without ceasing. And then, uh, Thirdly, as I mentioned uh, at the end of the last break, is the the importance of being in a church, being in a local church, not, not through YouTube, go be a part of the church, yeah. the body of Christ. Yep. Uh, you have gifts uh, that need to be put to use in the church. And so just the, you know, and, and SWAT is not a church. SWAT is made up of men of the church, yeah. but the men of the church— just can i just say here publicly thank you Yep. thanks to you to doug literally hundreds of men who reached out over the last five weeks mm. with texts and voicemails and things like that and yeah. they didn't go unheard yep. and they certainly are, are we are incredibly grateful mm. for that so wow. anyway those are those are things that yeah. i had mentioned as we were on the break a minute ago uh, i got another invite to go speak at a church here in February, and I'm going to speak out of Acts 17, which uh, I was just sharing with you, and I, I want to read just two verses out of Acts 17, which we can even look at today, but Acts 17:24 says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. And verse 25 says, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Hmm. And I'm going to be talking about God is not simply creator, he is sustainer. And so we need to be reminded of that reality, that let our minds be sober, let them be anchored in the word of God. God is in control. God is on his throne. These are things that we were saying continuously for those 3 4 weeks yeah. as we were in prepping for surgery, going through surgery, coming out of surgery. God you're on the throne.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, those are great reminders and and you know a couple things I thought of while you were saying all that and uh, you know the thing about the church and the and the body of Christ and being part of that and the men that reached out to you and and women, I'm sure. Sure. Um I've mentioned this before. There have been times in my life where I didn't have a lot of male Christian friends. And honestly, I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. I didn't seek them out. Need I him. didn't, you didn't, didn't think feel you like need I him. needed them, didn't want to be bothered. And a big part of it was, you know, when you're not living in a way that's honoring to God or when you're living for yourself, you don't want to be accountable. And not only do you not even, it's not even accountability, although that's a big part of it. And I think this is one of the tests for us about how we are living. It's a good self-examination tool. Mm-hmm. How do I feel when I'm around other believers? Do I want to be around them? Mm. Because when you're living for yourself and you're sinning and you're, you don't want to really be around yeah. believers. Yeah. It, it makes you yeah. irritated. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you, you know, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I, and now what I say is, again, I'm still a very flawed person, and I struggle with sin, and I struggle with all kinds of different emotions, but I have a lot of male Christian friends. I have a lot of Christian friends in general, and I don't know what I'd do without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just in everyday life. Yeah. And then when yeah. you go through something like you've been through, um, you really see it. And, and, and to the point we've been studying in Acts and what you just read about, you know God does allow us to go through He's not the author of evil, but he allows us to go through trials and the Bible's very clear about that, but that the trials strengthen our faith, yeah. which is more precious than gold. That's right to your point That's right. and um, and then also the part about prayer and and I am you know I struggle to have a you know the kind of prayer life that I want to get to, but I was thinking just something simple when you said pray without ceasing it it doesn't mean that you spend 24 hours a day praying it it doesn't mean that but it means that it is a regular and important part of your life and that you're doing it regularly and how many times have i said to people in the past oh i'll pray for you yeah. and then it's almost like a throwaway line mm. i don't do it mm. so somebody taught me this this was not i haven't had an original thought since 1975 <laughs> but somebody said when you say you'll pray for somebody Pray for him right then. Amen. Right, Amen. right then. Yeah, because then you'll you'll have done it, yeah. and you'll have, and it and it's a great simple way to help develop that, like you said, disciplined yeah. Yeah. practice yeah. Uh, of prayer. So yeah. um, hopefully that'll that'll be helpful to somebody listening out there because I have said it too many times. I'll pray for you and then forgotten to mm, do it. Mm, so mm. and if you can do it with the person right on the spot, oh, do it out loud. It's if not, And just pray for them silently and. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Anyway, we're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. Glad
0: you're with us. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we will be right back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. at www.astore.com. Joy to the-
1: Graham, brad sykes glad you're with us uh we're in our last segment but give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment and as we've said we will have uh, uh swat radio replays on tomorrow and friday uh, brad and i will be back on monday and then doug will be back god willing on tuesday and for the rest of the week next week so um, we mentioned earlier, we mentioned it hey, just can I just at a inter- high level. Can I sure, inter- interrupt absolutely. you for a second? Absolutely.
2: Uh, I was just jotting down. You, know, you hear these Christmas songs like this. The, I mean, a song even like we ju- I think that was the I Pentatonics. Think. Oh, I, I don't know who the group was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Pentatonics. All, it's all vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> what do they call it? Acapella? Yes. Um, But we've listened to so many of these songs over the years. It's kind of interesting. We were talking earlier about christmas shows that we grew up with that we still have a hunger for it we want to watch them I don't know, they're they're just i don't know, they're great reminiscent of old old times but how often we miss some of the words yeah. in these songs yeah. and yeah. uh recently in fact even while i was in austin i was doing some stuff on uh looking at old hymns you know and i'm not i'm not saying you know uh, you can't listen to contemporary music. I love contemporary music. <clears throat> it's not my necessarily my favorite, but it's okay. I think that there's a there's a lot of contemporary music that I would encourage you not to listen to and not to sing to. And then there's others that I would uh, support. But man, go back and read the old hymns. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking about that song. There's a word. There's a phrase in that song. Let every heart prepare him room. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this time of the year and our lives get so busy, our hearts get so full yeah. of good things, but not the thing. Yeah. And I was just thinking about the importance of prepare, prepare your heart, yeah. prepare room for don't, him.
1: Don't lose your first love. Amen. Yeah, right? Amen. Remember, remember from where you've fallen and don't lose your first love, Jesus wrote to think the church at ephesus right in in revelation but but to your point it is it is such a busy time of year um (laughs) it's funny i I, i'm glad you said that because i need to be reminded of that and um but i was thinking about this the other day and this is going to sound so silly but i think it makes the point i live in an area where there's a big gas station kind of on the corner you know Mile or so down the street from my house, and when you turn onto the street, I have to go on to go home. It's it's always lit up. It's, mm-hmm. it's always <clears> throat> open, throat> mm-hmm. except on Christmas Eve. Really, and and I always notice that, and I've noticed it in other ways too. And I think I think God does this. Have you ever noticed? Just the world quiets down. Yeah, on Christmas Eve. <clears throat> it might not be until Christmas Eve that it's palpable. But I noticed that it it, it hmm. things just seem to quiet down, and whether it's in in the world in general, in my own heart, I don't know. But to your point, I'd like to start quieting down like that yeah. earlier yeah. in this Advent season yeah. than just on Christmas Eve, yeah. you know. So, yeah. but and to your don't get you know I won't get started on the hymns,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but
1: but I would encourage people, like you said, go back and. Don't lose the familiarity with the hymns. yeah. And look at hymns in a new way, because one of the great things about the older hymns is you get a biblical lesson. You get almost a doctrinal lesson mm. in a lot of the hymns Amen. if you sing and read all the verses. Yeah,
2: yeah. <clears throat> I am sure uh, you could play a dozen Christmas songs up here uh, without me knowing. And I could probably sing the words to them. <laughs> and right. here, it, it's to your point: familiarity. Yeah. You, you become familiar with them. Now, those words may not sink in. Right. It's, it's kind of like your favorite, you know, rock and roll song yeah. that you grew up listening to. If, if you may not have heard it in twenty years, but if it came on right now, you yeah. could probably sing every word to it. Yeah. Somebody texted me a little while ago about prayer, and uh, you know, how do you build a discipline of prayer? How do you build a discipline of of knowing the Word of God? You you just do it. Repeatedly talking about, hey, I'll pray for you. No, do it right now. Yeah. Just stop what you're doing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. No. You don't have to be it can a be West Seminary. Seconds. You know, it can be a minute, right? You don't yeah. have to be a seminary grad to yeah. to, to, to to pray yeah. for somebody right on the spot, right? And I tell you that ministers to me when yeah. people do that sure. to me, and uh, you know. So one of the things I would recommend, uh, Doug and I are big fans of uh, the Valley of Vision. The book's called The Valley of Vision. It's the Puritan prayers. Mm-hmm. You want to build a solid prayer life, uh, just go buy one of those. Amazon has it. Uh, I've been through numerous ones. Uh, in fact, I think Doug actually gave me my first one several years ago, and I think I gave that one away, and then I bought it, and I gave that one away. You yeah, know, just giving them away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it has been so instrumental, uh, just the depth of, of the puritan prayers mm, you know kind yeah. of back even to the hymns right. the depth of the theology right. and the understanding of who god is is found mm. in those hymns which actually comes from the word of god yeah exactly so, yep i think about a hymn like and can it
1: be that i should gain read the verses of that hymn and it's the story of god's plan of salvation it's how god saves people is what the is what the hymn is about so anyway um we are we have some questions here. You know, normally what we do um, on the air is we go through and, and talk about what Doug has been teaching on in the SWAT Bible studies the previous week. And as regular listeners know, we've been in the book of Acts for quite a while. And last several weeks, we've been through Acts chapter 17 and 18. And and what we did today and this week in SWAT is with Doug away and with kind of coming back from the Thanksgiving holiday is Doug laid out a few questions uh, and we spent some time in small groups today earlier in SWAT discussing these questions. And they're kind of questions that come out of Acts and are questions that we can ask ourselves as far as how are we doing on some of these things that we've been studying? Because mm. it's, I know for me, it's it's so easy to study sometimes and then get it academically and not get it into me. And yeah. and like you said, the Bible has to go through us. Um and the first question, and we'll continue this on Monday when yeah, we're back. I'd like that. But the, just to give you a sense of what we're talking about, the first question Doug laid out, um, and in true Doug fashion, the questions are kind of long. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one is, as we've studied the ministry of Paul, he continually exhibits one characteristic that also was seen in the disciples as they ministered after Pentecost, boldness. Where did the 12 apostles and the Apostle Paul receive this boldness from? And then he references some verses that we'll get into next week. Is this boldness available to me from the same source? What is required to walk out this boldness in my ministry, to my family, to others? If I'm not being bold because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of man, what needs to happen for me to obey him and be bold? And then very interestingly Doug ends all these questions with is there anything I need to repent of which okay. is uh, mm-hmm. is interesting yeah. that that something we need to repent of or something that's going on that we're unrepentant for is blocking our boldness mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. Or blocking mm-hmm. our relationship mm-hmm. with God so anyway interesting questions here about boldness
2: Well you know uh David and I'm glad we're going to kind of jump into this again on Monday so hopefully you'll come back and listen to David and I yap it up about uh, about the really the application of the Word of God. It's what you and I really try to do on Fridays is is we begin to it's it's discipleship, but we're we're kind of discipling one another in the sense that we're going to your point earlier is this accountability, the importance of not just knowing the word of God, but am I am I applying the word of God? By the way, uh, to our my good friend Joe out in uh, Texas, North Texas, texted me a minute ago. TCU twelve and zero. Can I just get an, an amen to that? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe Joe can confirm whether the C in TCU still means Christian or not. <laughs> Somebody asked me that the other day, but yeah. Uh, but even just thinking about that, you know, your favorite college, you'll go and root and scream your head off mm-hmm. for your favorite team. Sure. Uh, I didn't, I it was actually interesting. I had planned on going to the TCU Kansas game. I think when, when I first got to Austin, I was going to go up and see the game up in Fort Worth. I, it didn't work out, which fine, but I can guarantee you had I gone to that game, I'd have been screaming for my, my Horn frogs, sure. you know, and, uh, why is that? We'll do that. Why is there such a boldness upon us to speak of the things like that? Yet when it comes to sharing the word of God, sharing the gospel with somebody who you know is not with the Lord, what is it that holds us back? Mm. And I know, you know, we, as mentioned here, if I'm not being bold, is it because of fear of rejection? You know, even to your point earlier about prayer, if you tell somebody I'm going to pray for you, why wouldn't you just do that right there?
1: Right, right.
2: Yeah, and I was saying earlier, um,
1: you know, I think there's a lot of reasons as an answer to the question, but there is something I would almost rather, just from a purely human standpoint, it's easier for me to talk about spiritual things, talk about the gospel, with somebody that I don't know as well versus somebody that I know deeply or a family member, for example. Hmm. There's something about being vulnerable. And, and of course, our salvation yeah. is very personal. Mm-hmm. Not, not personal in the sense that we keep it to ourselves, but it's very emotional. It's personal. It's We understand or at least have some idea of what God has done for us yes. and what he saved us yes. from. Yeah. And I think, especially as men, sometimes it's hard. To be vulnerable and to open up about those kind of things and, and to be emotional. Yeah, yeah. Because it will make you emotional. It, uh, man, it's it's that that can be tough. Now there's other reasons. Um, you know, so Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus is the firstborn of a new race. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: still have those aspects of our old race. We are part of that new race that he started, but we still have those aspects of our old self mm-hmm. in us that sharing the gospel is not natural
2: to us. Yeah, right, and so we're right. fighting that. Yeah. And yeah.
1: on that note, we're going to have to have you Love hang up. Come back uh, on Monday. It's a little teaser. We're glad you were with us today. Great to have you back in the studio, Brad. And glad things are well with Graham and that your family is... Is safe and, and uh, in God's hands. Well, so. and th-
2: thank you to so many of you who are texting me even today uh, saying it's good to hear you back on. It's good to be back on. And so I uh, look forward to Monday. Have a great weekend, man.
1: Yep, we'll be back on Monday. Come back on SWAT Radio. Thanks for listening.
0: If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety,